This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Frank Wolf from Western New York Athletics and the 300 level. Roger Weiss is out on assignment. He's covering uh, the uh, basketball tournament going. Where are they playing that, Frank? Uh, down in Binghamton. Binghamton, Binghamton area? New York, okay. Yeah. So he's covering that. He's going to call in today. Uh, we have a special show lined up this morning. We are going to say uh, we're going to talk a little Hilbert soccer in a little bit. But we have special guests in studio, uh, Rich Crozier, head coach of St. Joe's, and we have legendary Hall of Fame coach Joe Crozier. And we're going to talk with uh, Coach Crow and Coach Crozier in a little bit. But before we do that, we do have news and notes to come up, and uh, I'll get you up to date on on several things. Uh, Frank, as you know, uh, we've started Little League football uh, this past week and completed our our first week. And uh, for those who are new to the program, I'm coaching my son's team in Niagara Falls, the uh, Cobras. We are the JV level and having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, The kids are great, great response. We have like 35 on our roster, uh, so tremendous turnout, and I feel bad that we're kind of having to, to turn kids away because we just don't have the room, so it's been a lot of fun, and working on uh, footwork and stance, things like that, you start at the very beginning, and you work your way up, we have like eight more practices to get ready before we face uh, Grand Island in a uh, preseason scrimmage game as they call it, and that, uh, that'll be August 20th. Really looking forward to that. So uh, hats off to the Cobras. The kids are working hard. Uh, Coach Chuck Fink doing a great job. Hey. I love how organized he is. You know, we've got the, we, all, all our practices are scripted, and uh, it's, it's been great. But Mother Nature is not cooperating with us. Uh, it was a twice this week we had to stop practice because of lightning. I mean, come on. Doesn't she know we have work to do? We... Uh... Tony, we had two playoff games this weekend, Tuesday and Thursday, and they said they were going to be rained out, weather, this and that. We won our playoff game Tuesday, baseball, uh, 15U in the town of Tonawanda. Thursday, I wish it would have rained. Oh, no. Tony, our team has won 27 in a row. We walk into Thursday and laid an egg. Oh, no. And it was a crushing, crushing defeat, and I'm still sick to death. It's tough. I mean, you have these it's expectations. Tough. And the thing, too, is, you know, when, when you're coaching, hey, you love these kids, you know, and you want them to be so happy. Uh, yeah, it's great. They're learning the fundamentals. That's what they have, they have to learn. 
and uh, to win along the way is nice. But, you know, we were talking about this at our NASA meeting uh, the other night, and that is your approach as a youth coach is to develop players. It's not to win championships. If your focus is to win championships at the youth level, I suggest you move up a level to go to high school where it's uh, more competitive. Our job as youth coaches is to develop. We have to get these kids ready so that by the time they're old enough to play for Coach Crozier, they know the fundamentals. They know what they're doing. He can then step it up and go more in-depth as to you know uh, game plan, things like that, to further develop the, those players so that they go on and continue playing. You don't want to burn kids out. If you're yelling and screaming, you know, because, you know, you're not getting the performance or you're so concerned with the win, you're going to lose the kid, you're going to burn the kid out, guess what? He's not going to play high school sports. It's that simple. Yeah, if your goal in, as a youth coach is to go out there and mercy teams and win at all costs, you're in the wrong business. You're in the wrong business, especially at age 9, 10, 11, 12, even 14. You know, your job is to get them ready for the high school level. Separate those that are... That are that you know that you see that are that, that can make it. You gotta you know push them a little harder, get them to their ultimate goal. But work on those fundamentals every practice, every single practice. It's about the basics. Exactly. And if you're going out there and saying we're gonna win, we're gonna win, we're gonna win, and you don't, you know these kids, their minds they work differently. You know, and and they eat into that, and the defeat is that much harder. So sure. if you're telling them we gotta win, we gotta win, they go out there and lose. You, those they're crushed. are crushed. Exactly. Crushed. I, and I've seen that too many times. So uh, that's that's my tip of the day. All right, let's get into news and notes, and we are going to start off by uh, announcing the fourth annual Section 6 Hall of Fame. And congratulations uh, to Dick Domenico, head coach of Albion. Had the pleasure of speaking with him last week, and I couldn't be happier for him. Charlie Garfinkel, uh, former athlete at Bennett. Uh, John Hayes from Niagara Falls. Rich Kilgore from Niagara Wheatfield. Pat Monty, legendary coach of LaSalle. Uh, Judith Otto, uh, coach from Barker. Lou Roselli from Royal, Roy Hart. Dr. James Russin, absolutely uh, an administrator from the Wimsville. Uh, Art Cerati, former legendary coach at Grover Cleveland. Uh, Matt uh, Zadolski, an administrator from Maryvale. James Trampert, administrator from Orchard Park. Harris Wanky, athletic uh, athlete from Niagara-Wheatfield. So Section 6 is uh, proud to announce this year's class. Of course, there will be a, a, a banquet uh, November 22nd. And uh, if you want further information, you can go to Section 6 at e1b.org. And it's up on our Facebook page if you want to catch that and check it out. For news and notes, Tony, I'm going to start out with baseball. Jerry Scarcella, after 20 years at Williamsville North, is is hanging him up. Uh, he's a great coach, legendary, and uh, good luck to him in the future. Uh, football, St. Joe's, uh, Mary Burgard, assistant coach Larry Darcy, passed away at age 60. Oh, so sorry so to hear that. So our thoughts and prayers out to his family in those schools. Um, it's the... Basketball Coaches Association of New York tournament that's going on in Binghamton. That's where Roger is right now. I know the both the boys and girls did win yesterday, uh, so congratulations to those girls. Full Court Hoops Camp is August 7th through the 10th uh, at St. Mary's School for the Deaf. And the, you can check out our Facebook page, Inside High School Sports, for more details on how to register for that camp. In wrestling news, the Thousand Island Duels are going on in Clayton, New York. 
Uh, there are some teams from Western New York participating. They are Clarence, Lockport, Starpoint, Team Niagara, and the Cobra Club are all, all out there in Clayton, New York. Best of luck to those kids today. And you can follow at From the 300 Level for updates on that event. Tony, those are my news and notes for Saturday. All right, let's switch gears now, and we're going to say good morning to uh, Mike Ertle, head coach at uh, Hilbert College, head soccer coach. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, as a college coach, you get to you get the uh, privilege of watching a lot of soccer out there. And, you know, we we're just talking about developing young players. When you're out and about watching games, uh, you know, are you seeing the proper development at the youth level? I mean, it depends on the matches that you're watching. Um, you know, at, at the current level I'm at, I have to... I recruit players from high school programs, and as well, I get out to college showcase events in the uh, club setting. And in the high school setting, um, it really varies upon uh, the coach and, and where the kid and where the student-athlete has participated in programs in the past. And with the club level at the, the college showcase level, um, it's a much more structured program where uh, kids are exposed to really high-level training and um, a, a high-performance environment with uh, with players who have the, the same ambitions as them. So um, I would say it definitely depends on, on the level of, of play and the, the particular coach that's involved. When you're watching a high school game, is it uh, pretty easy to tell, uh, you know, f- from your point of view, uh, kids that are putting the work in, who's going to the camps and clinics, as opposed to who's not? Absolutely, um, and and with the uh, you know recruiting experience that I have and uh, the coaching experience that I have, it's uh, it doesn't take me long to discern during a during a match um, the the little aspects of a player that uh, can can go a long way um, as far as skill set, um, technically seeing the game, the vision, um, and doing the the little things that separate themselves from a an average high school player to a, an above-average high school player who could progress to the next level. Now, you're watching high school games, obviously, as we are just saying. You could tell who's putting the work in, who's developing. Uh, are you more likely to lean and go back to uh, that high school when you see a team that uh, is obviously well-coached and the players are pretty much at the level where you think they need to be? Yeah, absolutely. We certainly... Um, want to develop a good network of relationships in the Western New York area with high school coaches and to be able to um, create a a relationship where we can have uh, a good streamline of players from schools who are uh, developing players the right way and um, doing things in a way which can progress players to the college level. And and that is really advantageous to um, both the high school program and um, the college program. Do the high school coaches reach out to you and, and say, "Hey, Mike, I've got uh, you know th- this uh, midfielder uh, who's got great height. He's got really good range. Uh, you know, come out, and come check him out." Absolutely. Um, like I said, building relationships with with coaches is uh, a big priority for us. And you know, the more proactive coaches are in, in communicating with with me, um, the more apt I am to. Um, come out and watch their their team and um, get a better feel for how they run their program and see if the student athletes that 
I'm looking at can really make an impact right away at the at the school. What do you look for in a player that you want to bring to Hilbert? I mean, it, it really depends on the position and, and what we're trying to uh, accomplish in, in a certain recruiting class. I mean, I uh, I just started a, about a month ago, and I'm starting to, to get to know the team and the, and the players. So um, it really depends on, um, you know, the makeup of, of what our certain needs are and, and positions and um, what kind of qualities we're looking for in a teammate. But, you know, the base skills of uh, of technique and, and reading the game well and um, – Having a good understanding of uh, where they need to be on the field is uh, is something that that I look for in every player and and can tell pretty quickly um, how uh, how they can make an impact on a certain game. I'm pretty sure you're also looking at character, uh, their character and their grades. How well do they do in school? Absolutely, um, character is is something that um, really separates a, a player because there's there's many players who are at similar ability levels but um when you see a player's body language on the field how they react to certain situations especially ones that um create adversity for themselves or the team uh, you can really tell and um, make a honest evaluation of that player's character and of course grades are a big factor um, and at the division three level um you know all we offer is really academic based financial support so uh, that's a, a really key piece to uh getting a getting a player on board looking at uh, soccer all across uh, western new york whether it's at the youth level or the high school level and being that you see a lot of soccer uh throughout the state and the country how does western new york compare to other areas in soccer um i think we've made some some real progress recently um we have a development academy program in western new york that has really um, given our top elite youth players a, a forum to compete at the highest level. And, you know, I think we're, we're still a ways away um, from competing with bigger markets. It really um, has to do with demographics and, and how um, many players we can develop at, at higher levels compared to, you know, larger markets that we are able to compete with. Um, but I certainly think... Um, the growth in youth soccer and the um, exposure that you now at an all-time high and the, the programming that's out there to provide players with a, a good environment to uh, grow into a, a good athlete is uh, is also on the rise. So I think uh, we're, we're still making progress and um, definitely have a long way to go, but there's definitely some, some positive um, signs. What would you like to see done in order to uh, to pick it up a notch? I really think we need to focus on um, developing players, um, as you said at the beginning of the program, um, better at the really young ages, 8, 9, and 10. Um, there is so much of a focus on high school players and coaches who want to coach those players' um, age groups because it's more of a direct um, coaching style. You can focus on the team and, and trying to get results and, and feeling good about that. But we really need coaches and dedicated coaches who uh, are willing to step back and um, coach the 8-, 9-, and 10-year-olds and develop the specific skills that are going to take them um, into uh, the foundation that they need to grow as a player. And by the time they're 
14, 15, and 16 in, in high school programs have already developed that, that foundation. Um, the best coaches in, in Europe and the European academies are all at 8, 9, and 10 years old. Wow. You know, in youth football where I'm coaching, we have resources uh, from USA Football that we can access, whether we want to learn about uh, techniques and and, uh, coaching styles, things like that. Are there avenues for the youth soccer coaches of the 8, 9, 10-year-olds for them and resources for them to go to uh, maybe contacting you or other college coaches or high school coaches to uh, learn more about how to develop those kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a, a really big push at the federation level for U.S. soccer um, in the last few years to revamp their coaching education program, um, and they've really specified uh, and keyed in on the zone one, what they call um, zone one, which is ages 6 through 12, and created specific um, objectives and initiatives and standards to be able to um, get clubs on the same page across the country to be able to uh, have a real focus on these age groups uh, to be able and have a primary development tool and get coaches really certified in, in certain areas to help these players grow. Well, that's a key thing. I mean, you know, in, in NASA, all of the coaches are certified, have to be certified. You can't step on the field unless you're not. And I'm hoping that soccer and other sports go in that direction. Yeah, we certainly are definitely moving in that direction. The um, state association that we're in, New York State West, has minimum coach licensing standards for the levels of play that you coach in. So if you coach a premier-level team um, playing in a a league across New York State, you're um, required to have a certain license to coach. Wow, excellent. Uh, When do you guys start practice? Uh, we start practice in two weeks, so um, we begin in, in a couple weeks, and we uh, we open up on September 3rd at home against Wells College. How do you guys look, or how do you think you guys are going to look this year? Well, I think um, you know we're we're confident in the long term future of the program. We have uh, had some good success in, in past years with past coaches in the past five years we've qualified for the conference playoffs three times so we're we're trying to continue the the legacy of uh, what past coaches have left and uh, really create a culture of accountability within the program outstanding mike i can't thank you enough for calling in and we wishing you the best of luck this year and if there's anything that we can do to help promote youth soccer please don't hesitate to let us know Thanks for having me on, Tony. Thank you. All right. Our pleasure. Uh, Mike Ertle, head coach of Hilbert College, uh, doing great stuff, and I like what he had to say, Frank. Uh, it seems like he's really on the ball and, and has a good vision for what he needs to do. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to switch gears now, and we're going to talk some hockey. And as I mentioned in the beginning, we have Coach Rich Crozier, St. Joe's head coach, and Joe Crozier, former Sabres coach, Rochester Americans coach, uh, who's done it all as player, coach. And good morning and welcome to the program, gentlemen. Tony, thanks for having us on. Nice to have me here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Rich, this is something you and I talked about, uh, I think maybe the first time 
you came in as a guest, and I think I, the first question I asked you, oh, are you related to Roger Crozier? Right. I didn't say Joe Crozier, and you said, no, my dad, Joe Crozier, and, and we got in and talk about that, and then this past year, I was like, hey, what a great idea it would be to bring your dad in studio, uh, talk uh, about his his time with the Sabres, and to talk about uh, developing uh, you know, hockey players in general, and I was so excited to have uh, Joe Crozier in studio with us. Coach, first question I have to ask you, and this is the million-dollar question that a lot of people are tuned in right now to WGR Sports Radio 550 to hear this answer. I got into debate uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Who put the French Connection together? Well, you're looking at him. I'm Thank the you. one that put him together. In fact, he, the late edition was Robert when uh, – we had uh, Perot and Martin together. We needed an extra guide, and we were able to go get Robert to put that French connection together. And we did very, very well with the French connection. In fact, we we went right up into the Stanley Cup playoffs there, and uh, we we got beat the, seven, the sixth game at home here. We got beat, and the best thing in my whole life would ever happen in all my hockey is that when the people stood up and clapped and said, Thank you, Sabres. They sang that. Thank you, Sabres. Thank you, Sabres. It was the, the best thing of my whole life that I've ever heard because it turned the whole franchise around. From number one is that we weren't drawing that well before that, and all of a sudden the people with the French connection, you go down the street now and they're talking about the French connection, Perot, Martin, and Robert, they're unbelievable. In fact, they put a statue up in the French connection yeah. in, right in front of the building. That's how good it was. And they are, there's so many stories I can tell you about Perot, about what I did to Perot one time for crying out loud that, uh, the club was not playing very well. What I did, I sent Perot out by himself to skate around the r- around the ice to show the players that they have to play better. And they went along and around and around. He went around and finally they said, "Now that's what you got to do. You got to skate like that." So, and they things, so think, think about this, fellas. Um, things are being very, very good for me. Think about this. And, and first of all, thanks for having us on, Tony. I can tell you, I was I was mentioning. That in the last in the last ten years, I would say we've my family we've had uh, you know fifty fifty requests for my dad to speak publicly. Um, he 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 is comfortable now uh, in his retirement and and um, he is he's he's not interested in, in in speaking publicly. Although we're we're always so impressed that people remember him and 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 are honored that they they'd like him to to speak at their their banquets or or what have you. But you've been so good to me. As you know, every time I come on here, we talk about winning streaks and uh Yeah, you guys go on a tear after you appear. Always. On- <laughs> this is my this is my lucky spot and uh um you know, as a thank you for for everything you guys do for mm-hmm. Western New York, uh especially high school sports and and to be honest, you've been such big fans of St. Joe's hockey. I am excited a little bit nervous, but certainly my dad and I are thrilled here to be here today to share some stories. This last story, let me let me set it up for our listeners. If if my father pulled this this stunt today, it would be all over ESPN. But what he's mentioning is that the team wasn't playing that well, and he sent Gilbert Perot out to do a warm up alone. He wanted to send a message. My dad was a uh, is a motivator. Um, that's 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 the type of coach he was, and he wanted to send a message. 
to the rest of the Sabres, hey, stop watching Perot when you're out there. Um, we need other players on this team to step up. You want to watch him. I'm going to throw him out. He went up there, out there and warmed up alone for 20 minutes. They had the closed caption TV camera uh, uh, follow him, and he turned on the TV and he said, you want to watch? Go ahead and watch him now because when we get out on the ice for the game, you guys better play. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the, the break, we're going to talk Crozier more memories of the French connection, uh, what he saw in the three of them to say, hey, this is going to be a, a quality line. And uh, obviously it was history. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. We're into some Crozier talk. Rich Crozier, head coach of St. Joe's, and Joe Crozier, uh, legendary former Sabre coach, uh, in studio. We're talking hockey. We're talking about the French connection. Coach, when the Sabres drafted Gilbert Perrault, uh, did he live up to expectations or exceed expectations? He lived up to expectation. Perot, as far as I'm concerned, was one of the best players at that era. Now, I mean, see, we're not talking about today's era. That right. means we had different type of players, but he was without the, the best player by a country mile. He used to go behind the net, and we we put the puck up right, set it right up for him. He'd pick up the puck and go through the whole team and score the goal. You know, he made the franchise here. There's no question about that. We were very, very lucky to get him in the draft because it went to the wheel of fortune and ended up with number 11. That's why he wore 11. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Now, what did you see with uh, Robert and Martin to say, okay, these three guys uh, are going to be a good line. This is what we have to do. Well, we we love Martin. Martin could shoot a puck like there was no tomorrow. He he was playing with Perot before we got Martin in a, in, in exchange. We traded for Martin. You mean Robert? To, Robert coming into exchange. Right. So that's why we put the 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 French connection together. We named it right together because of the the three French boys, the French connection. That's what we did. We put it together right like that. What did uh, you and the staff uh, was Punch Imlac, uh in on that process, or is that before Punch? That was what well, was Punch was in it, but I was the one that named it the French Connection because of the three French boys. So, so see, that's another thing. I guess somebody argued me, telling me Lee Coppola is the one that uh, came up with that that phrase. There's so much misinformation online. That's why I'm glad we're able uh, to go to you. Go little, ahead, Rich. A little background on that, Tony. So um, my dad was coaching in Rochester, did really, did a really uh, nice job in Rochester. Then uh, Calder Cup champions. Yeah. And then um, actually it was the first year of the Cincinnati Swords. So they were the AHL, and they were the farm team of the Sabres. Punch Imlac had a, had a heart attack midway through the Sabres' second year. Right. Um, my dad was doing a really nice job with, in, in Cincinnati. And they call my dad up, just like a player getting called up. They called the coach up, and um, and uh, my dad and Punch they were they were always they were always good friends. And so Punch said, "I know someone. I know someone that can that can take this young team and and lead them to success." And and uh, that was my dad's that was my dad's big opportunity. Um, and and certainly when he got here, one of the one of his claims to fame is. Is the famous line. It's funny you mentioned the Cincinnati Swords. It sounds like the Sabres have partnered up with that franchise again. Um, they lost the team they had down in Binghamton, was it? Now the ECHL team. 
Um, so now they have uh, the Cincinnati team back in the fold along with, you know, Rochester, of course. Yeah, Rochester. There, I've been there for a long year. I won three Calder Cups in four years in, with, in, in, in Rochester when I was there. But I had like Al Arbor, uh, Jerry Cheevers, uh, oh you, know, such, you know, such great players, unbelievable player, Jimmy Pappen. One thing about Punch being in Toronto what he would do, he would send me good players into Rochester, and it was no problem at all to win because <laughs> I would be getting all the good players to be able to win. And wow. that's why we won three championships in four years. Another player he had in Rochester that always speaks so highly of my dad is Don Cherry. Oh, yeah. Really? Don, Don Cherry. We had Don Cherry there, yeah. In fact, the, the two colored fellows that not colored call. I'm talking about colored in in uh, talking and that color was Eddie Shack was one and Don Cherry was the other one. He uh, was a character, a real character. Really, wow. really colorful, colorful really, personality. Yeah, yeah, he sure was. Let's go to the phones and say good morning to our buddy Roger Weiss. Good morning, Roger. Morning, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Raj, you have a question for Coach Crozier. While we're talking about the French connection, if I may. Yes. Another thing of, uh, behind it, the name was good, but there was also, it was at the time that the Gene Hackman movie, The French Connection, came out. So that name was just a natural. That is true, sir. Rich, of course, and of course, Coach Crow, a pleasure talking to you, even if it's three hours away. Sorry I couldn't be there, but... uh the basketball tournament uh, conflicted with today's show. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Very, very nice of you. Yeah, it's, those are the days, man. I remember I had first row blues season tickets in Section 5, and uh, boy, those were the days. It's not like it is today. It's just not like it was 35 years ago. Oh, no, that's for sure. it sure as was. It sure wasn't. I'll tell you that, you know, but... Of course, I'll tell you this year, I'll tell you, we got, they did a, a great job that Jason Bodrell and Phil Housley, they've got a good hockey club this year, I'll tell you. You're going to see some real action going this year, I'll tell you. Also, you got, don't forget that Eichel was hurt last year too, or less he would have been higher up in the stand, the scoring, he was hurt. That Jack is a great player, I'll tell you, it was a great draft. We got, we got, O'Reilly, I tell you that O'Reilly is a hell of a good player too. Excuse me, by the way. Okay. Anyway, he's a great player. <laughs> Raj, he, he, it's, this is this is this is Rich. He wants to argue with you about uh, what's the better errors. I'll tell you guys, there is no bigger Sabres fan than this guy. This guy right here next to me. I, I'll call him. Hey, I'm watching the game. Why are you calling me? <laughs> um, so he he, uh, he loves his chair and he loves his sabers and uh, don't call him during 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 the games. Raj, it's good to talk to you, buddy. Okay, I will uh, see you guys next week and I'll report on the basketball amongst other things. Once again, Coach Crow Senior, Coach Crow Junior, always a pleasure. Well, thank you very very much for calling in. I really appreciate it. All right, Raj, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Uh, glad he can call in uh, from Detroit. He, when we told him, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to be out of town. Can I call in? I said, yeah, why not? And so uh, thanks, Raj, for uh, – He's he's always asking about that. He's, he's, he's a good guy. And, again, Western New York's lucky to have you guys. All right, we're going to go to line one and say good morning to Jonesy, I believe it is. Yeah. Jonesy, what can we do for you this morning? Yeah, I got a question for the uh, the Crozier's. Uh, now that you're uh, rich is coaching and handling a lot of the, the top end talent locally, the 
Andrew Sturges and Justin Bailey in the world. I'm curious how you guys help you with your experience and, and how the Crow might advise Rich about handling top-end talent and how he did it back in the day. Oh, good question. Your phone's breaking up, so we're going to let you go, let you listen uh, off the air. Uh, Rich? Jonesy, appreciate appreciate you calling in. And, uh, you know, how, how fortunate am I to have this guy to, to pick up the phone and call? I, I will say um, about my dad and, 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 and how he's, 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 been, he's been, you know, just an, an inspiration to me is, is, as I said, his coaching style was, was a motivator. And so my my routine, and and all coaches get nervous. I don't I don't care how many games you've won, uh, you know I have the nerves going. And so my routine is on the way to the rink, I'll give a call, and I'll say, Hey, Dad, how you doing? We'll we'll, we'll chat. How you feeling? And uh, there's no one, there's no one that 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 pumps my tires more than my dad. <laughs> and any nerves that I have, any feeling, I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate. I I've I've gone through my whole life um, and certainly been blessed and, and, and the teams at Joe's have, have, have done so well. But at the end of the day, state championships, tournament championships, players being drafted in the NHL like Dennis Gilbert. Jonesy mentioned some great players that, that I've had the, the opportunity to work with. At the end of the day, for me, that approval from your dad, your dad saying to you, hey, you're going to do a great job. You're a great coach. You got nothing to worry about. Just go out there and 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 do your thing and and everything will work out. For me, that's my championship. And uh how fortunate am I to to have a a a, a dad who's also a legendary coach to make me feel so great about, you know, my abilities working with with youngsters. Coach Crozier, I have a question, and that is some of the character. I mean, there were some characters in the 70s playing in the NHL, and the Buffalo Sabres had no shortage of characters. Who are some of the guys that jump out as, as character-wise in your memory of uh, the Sabres? Oh, there was quite a few. I, I can't come up with any of them, I tell you. Well, let's... Let's talk a little bit about Don Cherry. You mentioned yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned he, he, he was, was not with the Sabers. He was right. the Rochester Americans. But here, here's an interesting story. We, we were talking about this one on the way to the to the to the studio. So Don Cherry was was kind of a prankster, and so after the period, my dad was real upset with the way they played. So tell them what 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 Don Cherry did, Dad. Well, uh, in the in the dressing room. Well, we had a, a a little iron pipe in the middle of the room there, and I would come in here all the time and have a speech for the boys, telling them how well they're playing. I would never give them a bad time. I would try to encourage the players. You got being a coach, you have to encourage players. You can't cut them down all the time because you're going to get nothing from them if you you don't encourage them. If they got something to say with them. Say them the next morning at practice. Tell them, look it, this is what you should do. This is the way you're supposed to handle it. But that Don Cherry, they were not playing very well. And I come in the room, and all of a sudden, there was the pipe there, but it was covered, and I didn't see it. And I kicked the pipe and broke my foot. And I... And right. I, I was I was out of commission for a long while. I I was able to not not be able to skate, so I had to coach from the boards. So he breaks his foot. I broke my foot. Breaks his foot, and uh, you know they put him in a boot. Well, the team goes on a winning streak. The story is that he kept the boot on for three months. He didn't need to keep it on, but the team kept winning. <laughs> 
So you want to talk about some similarities. As I said, I love coming on this show because every time I come on this show, my team wins. I'm superstitious. This guy was superstitious as well. Don Cherry broke this guy's foot. Uh, when he was when he was hot in the locker room, there's yeah. there's a colorful player, huh, Dad? He was a colorful. He still is a colorful player. For I listen to him every Saturday night. I listen to him. He he was a a swell guy, unbelievable. He kept a good humor in the in the hockey club room. He never said bad things about anybody. He was just a super guy. Now we watch him on television all the time. Everybody watches him because he's such a super person. He did, tells he have, did he have outrageous clothes on back then? All the time. Same thing. Same thing. But he, he, he was just a super guy, Don Cherry. A great thing for hockey. You know, he does a super thing for people. If the players, all the kids listen to him every Saturday night there, and he t- says good things about him. They should be listening to him all the time. He can be controversial, but he's a great ambassador for the game. You know, no, you no talk about that. We're talking about developing players. Of course, the time your time with the Sabers, there were a lot of young guys too that that were coming up. What was it like back then, uh, melding the younger players with the older veterans? You know, you had like a Mike Robitaille come in. He'd already spent time with other teams, and as well as you're developing a young Jim Schoenfeld. It was easy, no question about it. They, they mixed up that Schoenfeld was a great player. I mean, to see, you talk about a guy playing well. He played with, with Robitaille on back end and defense there. But, uh, it was easy. It, 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 he got no problem as far, as far as moving people together as long as you handle them properly. you got to talk to them, get them to like you for crying out loud. So if they like you, they're going to play you're going to do, don't be coming at them all the time, things, things are wrong and things like that. Be, pat them on the back, try and be one of them. Get to know their families and things like that. That is the, that's what exactly should happen to here. This is the whole problem. You, you can't, you, you got to get to know their families and, that's what that John Jason Botterell's doing. He, you know, he's he's getting the the great job done. And Phil Housley, I know very very well. He's the same thing. He's going to be a great coach. They're going to go along a way along well. You know what's a highlight for me, guys? And, and I know we're coming up on a break, but you know, he he talks about being a player's coach. I can't tell you the number of guys that come by the house still. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Renee was just over. Uh, you guys went to Chefs, right, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it and and it really means a lot. You know, this is forty years ago. Um, but but my dad was a motivator, and as you can tell, he was a players' coach. He wanted to get to know them, treat them well, build relationships. And um, these guys still come by the house. Um, that's how much my dad means to them. And I can I can tell you, anytime I give my dad a call or stop by the house, and he says. You know, Grant Ledger stopped by today, or Renee, or Jill Bear came by the house. That those those are highlights for him, and and it it, it certainly means something to me that uh, they they think so highly of him to to take time out of their day to still visit with their old coach. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk more. Go down memory lane with uh, Coach Joe Crozier coming up at eleven o'clock. Sal Capaccio's on with uh, Sports Talk Saturday. A lot of Buffalo Bills information. Get up to date on on the quarterback battles and some of the other position battles going on during training camp. We'll have all that and more right here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. We're back. One last segment of Inside Montreal. High School Sports. 
Crozier was one. Yeah. <laughs> With Co- Coach Crozier. See, the show never ends. No. I mean, even when we break for commercial, it continues on during the break. Uh, you know, it's just amazing, uh, the stuff that uh, we get to talk about. And of course, uh, the guy I work with on WBEN, Joe Beamer, just popped in. He was your manager uh, at Amherst High School. That's where I got my start. I'll tell you a quick story about that. So, um, and, and, and big thank you to Amherst, Amherst Central School Districts for taking a chance. I really hadn't coached at all. And so when I first started, Tony, I was kind of just trying to, to, to distance myself a little bit from my dad. I was, I was a little insecure and, 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 and wanted to try and establish myself. Well, we start the season 0-6. And uh, nothing's going our way. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking with him. And he says to me, he says, well, why don't you let me come behind the bench with you? We're playing St. Francis, who at the time, uh, this is before even they went to their prep, they were, they were a really strong team. I said, okay, you know, at this point, I, I, I do anything. We, 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 like I said, we were on a losing streak. He comes behind the bench. My team plays phenomenal. <laughs> my, we win two to one. Uh, my goalie, I think, made 50 60 saves. His last name was Edson. Great goalie. And my first ever high school win was me and my dad behind the bench. 2-1 win against St. Francis. I look back at it. Now, that's 15 years ago. I look back at it now, and I'm like, you know, why was I I so nervous to bring him aboard? If I would have brought him (laughs) aboard right away, maybe we would have been 6-0 instead of 0-6. But that's one of my fondest memories with my dad, you know, obviously winning my first high school game as a coach. And having this guy right beside me on the bench. That's special. That, yeah, I it mean, was. You can't top that. That's and better than any championship you could do. Nothing. That's that's a, a memory. And Beamer was with us. <laughs> the Beam Machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love working with Joe. He's such a, a great guy. Great kid. We're talking during the break about uh, a story concerning measuring the pads. Can you tell us about that, Coach? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, went against the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, uh, I noticed that. Dryden had do his pads were too wide for crying. I noticed that, and all of a sudden I thought, well, I'm going to get a penalty, going to get them a penalty by measuring the pads. And so, therefore, I called the referee over. I said, look it, I want to take a measurement of the pads, Dryden's pads. So he came over to me and said, okay. And away he went, measured the pads, and sure enough, the pads were not good. They were too wide. So, they got a two-minute penalty. In fact, Robert scored on that penalty, but we didn't win. We should have won. If I had played parole more, we'd have won, but we did. We didn't win. So let me let me give some a little bit of background because this is a pretty crazy story. So at that time, you know, the Montreal Canadiens winning, winning, winning Stanley Cups. Scotty Bowman was their coach. They were a dynasty. Right. And so they were the first seed, and the Sabres were the fourth back in the old uh, Adams division days. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Sabres go down 0-3. They lose the first three games. But they're in the Montreal Forum. And, uh, you know, my dad's trying to pull out anything, anything just to get a win and get, get them to come back home. So this... This rule, and I don't know how you even knew about it, but it had never been called in the history of the NHL. My dad had a younger team. He was certainly trying to rest some players, but took a, took a pretty big risk. The game was tied at the time. And they called the ref over um, and took them a while. They had to get a ruler. They measure it. And sure enough, well, if you look at old video, and I've seen it, Scotty Bowman goes crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> he loses his mind. He he was he was not thrilled with my dad because not only did they get the power play to start the overtime, but it also gave uh, the Sabers again who were a little bit winded uh, some time to rest. It, it was a, a 10, 15 minute delay. I don't know. I've never actually even asked you, Dad. How did you know? How did you even know about that rule? You know what? It's a real secret. I can't tell you because oh, okay. someone would get in trouble if I told you. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like that. Man, well, let me we ask go. you this, Coach. I mean, you look at at today's game, and the coach. I mean, the the goalies are essentially wearing a sofa on their pad on, on their legs for protection. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, is this something that the NHL needs to to really look at and change? It seems like the scoring is, is down. We don't. The days of, you know, a big scoring race with somebody, you know, 50, 60 goals, those days are long gone. What do you think, Dad? Uh, goalies pads, I mean, scoring is, is it's, these goalies are good, huh? They are good. They, you know, no question about it. It's unbelievable the way they, they play in these goaltenders. They couldn't play for us years ago because they were so good now. I mean, see, I, in fact, you know, you take our team here. Number one, I'd like to talk about Richard's record. What about his record? I, I, I can't believe that no one ever mentions his record. I'd like to hear from him right now how, what his record is in the last four years. I'd like to hear that. Wow. Well, well, listen, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. As I said before, there's nothing like having a legendary coach for a dad um, and, uh, and, and having his support. Um, but I appreciate you saying that, that things, things are going well. Very, very blessed in my life at, at, at St. Joe's. I know, um, what is your record though? It's, it's good. It's, it's good. a lot of wins to very few losses. We've won, uh, <laughs> we've won five state championships in the last seven years. But when you have a dad like Joe Crozier, uh, you're bound to do well. So thank you, Dad. I appreciate that compliment. Well, guys, I can't thank you so much for uh, being a guest coming in studio. This has been very special for me, uh, you know, growing up a lifelong Sabre fan during a time when, you know, you look at the early 70s, the Sabres were magic. It was just, and, and to watch the French Connection, you know, my, my love for watching Perot, my who's my favorite all-time Hockey player is just amazing. I can't thank you guys enough for coming in. Thanks to Joe for producing. Sal Capaccio is coming up next. Frank, uh, thank you. Next week, Rich Kozak's coming in. We are going to preview high, the upcoming high school soccer season. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.